Welcome to MAGA Uncovered. It's the seventh episode where we uncover the MAGA propaganda that's not covered by the mainstream media. Uh, as you can see, Rom Filipkowski has changed magically. He's, he's, on, he's on vacation this week. But I'm thrilled that we have the creator of Decoding Fox News, Juliet Jeske. Juliet, great to see you. Thanks for having me. You're a, you're a perfect stand-in for Ron Filipkowski <laughs> because you cover an area that we tend not to talk about, and that's Fox News. And, and Fox is uh, obviously the most viewed, still the most viewed cable network, even without Tucker Carlson, um, or Republican cable network, I should say, you know, MAGA Republican cable network. Um, so you're kind of, I'm pleased we have your expertise today because you just tell us a little bit about what you do and, and why you watch it so we don't have to. So I got a grant right after I got my master's degree to uh, basically act as uh, media integrity. So I watch 15 to 20 hours, sometimes more, of Fox News every single week. And I try to debunk as much as I can and point out when they're blatantly lying or misleading their audience. And it's never boring. And I always have too much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all the time, basically. All the time. Yeah. Every single week. I, I've been thinking a lot about how divided America is. And in fact, on the weekend show last Sunday, I had I interviewed Tara McGowan, and we were talking about how actually America is not as divided as the media would have us think. And that and that it's our representatives and right wing media that create the division. And, and actually people, the, you know, proportionately people have far less extreme views than the media does, and that some of these MAGA lawmakers do. So Let's call some of them out on the on the show today. The first uh, one I want to look at because you've been posting on your on your Twitter and various places, um, you know, videos of some of the the behavior of MAGA Republicans dressed up as news reporters and news hosts. I want to talk about this cocaine story just quickly because <laughs> it's 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 really silly, isn't it? I mean, they found some cocaine in an area that the public have access to at the White House. And I knew, in fact, I put out a tweet, which I think you retweeted, saying it's so obvious that this was put there by a, a MAGA Republican sympathizer so that Donald Trump could use it to claim <laughs> that it belonged to Hunter Biden. Probably. I mean, I, I have no idea how it got there, but it does seem a little ridiculous that it was in a tourist area, um, an area that people could get to, uh, the area that w the press wasn't. And then we know for a fact that Hunter Biden left on Friday. And it was found on Sunday. And even Kaylee McEnany has insisted there's no way it would have sat there for two days. So um, and others have said the same thing. So I think there's something is very suspicious about this. But I to just assume that it's Hunter Biden's is a bit much. But that's me, exactly let, let what show, they're doing. Let me show the clip that uh, Fox were kind of pushing. They were pushing this for a good few days. But this oh, is they're still of, pushing it. They're still right. today. This is one of the clips that you posted. <laughs> The finger begins to point more and more at the obvious target. And so many of the, the leftists in the media are laughing about this mm. like it's some big joke, right? Because many of them probably do cocaine mm. as well, right? So they're all excusing it. Oftentimes in the Trump administration, we would send, sit members of the press who are meeting with the president in the press room. So if it's found in the press room, you'd think, okay, maybe the press who has access to this room. It wasn't found there. You can rule out the press. So many liberals doing cocaine. <laughs> It made me laugh because it was like, number one, is it the 1980s? Uh, it's not. And number two, uh, I think they think journalists make a lot more money than we do. Um, 
on camera journalists do well like if you're talking about an anchor at cnn or something but most journalists are not anchors and it's not a it's it's very much a middle class <laughs> type gig so i i was really cracking up over that like they're just doing coke and i'm like um no not really <laughs> it's kind of pricey it, it, um, it's so interesting how something so stupid because you know they were so, they, they were trying to spin it like well i i i want to reference like the press room when they <laughs> the, when the press were asking Karine Jean-Pierre you know was this Joe Biden's was this Hunter Biden's and she actually had to say they're not here they're in Camp <laughs> David like wh why are you even asking <laughs> it's pretty bad i mean and then if if uh, there's so many holes in it that just fairly obvious like if Hunter Biden was going to number one he did crack which is not powder cocaine and you you know you'd have to manufacture most people who get addicted to a drug they don't just start doing other versions of it they'll do the same version so that's already kind of comical and then like why would he leave it in an area where someone would find it so obviously uh and then he's not there so all of it and it was well publicized that they were at camp david that wasn't a secret it wasn't like they the president the press knows his whereabouts and as does the secret service and as other agencies at every single moment of every day so it wasn't a mystery where they were and um it does seem kind of ridiculous and i did feel bad for corinne jean-pierre because she was holding she was doing the best job she could but they just kept asking these stupid questions yeah. and on fox they act like it was a bomb they act like it was a weapon or something they're like it was cocaine don't you understand that's cocaine there is this faux outrage on fox about stuff that clearly all of the hosts are involved in themselves, right? Yes, when they, yes. Whenever they talk about issues that they blame the liberals for, you know, it's, it's as if they are whiter than white. And I mean that in every sense of the words, you know? Um, the reality is that we're all the same. All humans are flawed, <laughs> right? Yeah. But what, this projection, the idea that Republicans are perfect, and yet all the stories we read in the news about people who are being done for various things, you know, from drug to murders to, you know, shootings to all sorts of crazy stuff, invariably it's the far right and it's the yeah. right. Yeah. It, it, it's... So there is obviously this contradiction that it exists. I want to talk about Bidenomics for a moment because, you know, Joe Biden, you know, partisan aside, the economy's doing pretty well in the US at the moment, especially compared to many other countries. Certainly where I am from in the UK, they still haven't had any positive growth off the back of the, of the pandemic yet, right? Nothing. Yeah. Whereas here we're, we're, we're growing very well. Inflation is down. Record jobs. Um, yeah. You know, he's got a lot to shout about and be proud of, proud of. But you would have thought that as patriots, Fox News hosts would be proud of that and want to, you know, ride the wave of living in an economically successful country because it means that everybody, you know, we talk about the jobs numbers. We're not just talking about Democrats. It's yeah. everybody. Yeah. And yet the way that Bidenomics has been spun, especially by that old geezer Larry Kudlow who... <laughs> is you know i wouldn't I literally wouldn't trust with a ten dollar bill but you posted that he'd accused the biden administration of lying about u.s manufacturing and then he quoted lincoln i'll, I'll show the clip but you you very cleverly kind of <laughs> sewed together some older clips where you know the proof about how the investment in manufacturing was kind of 
unprecedented. Let's, let's take a look at it. Joe Biden's Bidenomics is really a lot of Biden baloney. I don't mean to be personally disrespectful, but the man's incapable of telling the truth about the poor state of the American economy. Now, to quote my hero, President Abe Lincoln, quote, you can fool all people some of the time and some people all the time, but you can never fool all people all the time. He keeps making the case that we're in some kind of manufacturing boom. But the numbers show we're in a manufacturing recession. With supply chains still impacting our global economy, America is now shifting its manufacturing focus where it should be, to building plants here in the United States with a record surge of new factories. Manufacturing-related construction spending reached $108 billion last year. That's more than the amount spent on schools, healthcare centers, or office buildings. Fox business anchor and host of American Dream Home, Cheryl Cassoni joins us right now. Cheryl, good morning. Good morning. This is great because during the pandemic, we realized with, um, with such a bottleneck over in China, we weren't getting a lot of stuff because so much was made over there. Now the emphasis is on making stuff here. Yeah, and, and that construction spending is going to building factories in all different parts of the country, which is really exciting because this brings communities. Think about all the things that go around a factory, food trucks, clothing shops, right. uh, apart, you know, new apartments are built. I mean, communities are built around these factories. <laughs> they yeah, really that was, need to pick a side, don't they? Yeah, that was a really fun one for me because... When I was in grad school, it's kind of a crazy story, but I switched concentrations from urban, which was supposed to be politics, to business, uh, mainly because I liked the business teacher better. And I, when I switched, he put me in charge of American manufacturing. So I knew quite a bit about this. And so when I saw the first, the second clip where you saw uh, Steve Ducey uh, talk about this huge boom in American manufacturing, that's from April. So I hadn't cut it, meaning I hadn't edited it out of that episode. I just remembered it. And so when I saw Larry Kudlow, who completely gets everything wrong all the time, I find him humorous because he yeah. literally gets everything wrong all the time. And he, he was in Trump's cabinet, right? He, yeah, he basically was, ran the economy for Donald Trump. An absolute, yes, he was an absolute nightmare. And he gets stuff wrong. Like he literally just two weeks ago said we needed to rev up the economy. And I'm like, actually, the economy's too hot and we're trying to slow it down, that's what's gonna bring inflation down. You don't wanna rev up an economy with inflation. But anyway, so I found that old clip by going to my spreadsheet, my trusty spreadsheet, and just typing in manufacturing. Came up, went back to the old episode, I keep all of the full episodes, went back through the episode, found it, clipped it, stuck it with that one, and was like screaming. Because I knew, I remembered when I saw the, the clip in April, how excited I was because when I was working on American manufacturing, when I was in grad school, I had to call factory owners like crazy in Ohio and Indiana and Michigan and talk to them about their business. And they all kept saying the same thing was we need to bring all this manufacturing back because these supply chain, and that was in 2021, these supply chain problems are destroying our business. We can't get anything because it's all coming from China. It's coming from overseas. And so this big push was to bring it back to the United States. And that's exactly what's happening. So I had like a personal <laughs> investment in that yeah. clip. I got very excited about that. But there, one. there is this irony that, you know, under Trump, it was all about America first and bringing all manufacturing back to America and trying to exclude, exclude China and doing all of these. You know, obviously, he didn't really understand how international trade works. No. So that's why there's been a huge knock on effect. But Biden has kind of continued that policy. He's not calling it America first. 
but he is doing his best to do, you know, buy American, hire American, made in America. And you would have thought that the Republicans would be happy with that and, and you know, see that Biden is doing that. And maybe Biden needs to talk more about it. But it's, it's like unless it's done with this kind of xenophobic spin, they don't seem to be interested. Yeah. And it's interesting because under Trump, even though the trade deficit with China did decrease, the overall trade de- deficit increased like massively yeah. under him because his tariffs were so uh, haphazard and that he doesn't really know what he's doing. So he's just like, we're going to put a tariff on this. We're going to put a tariff on that. It caused all this wonkiness to happen with trade um, because he was just too sloppy about it. It's it's international trade's very tricky because you slap a tariff on another country they're going to do the same to our stuff so it's not he acts like it's just you just have to be this big presence and a bully and everyone else backs down it's just not how the economy works at all and the international trade at all just doesn't work everything you know okay you might think of a boeing 787 dreamliner as being an american you know made in seattle for example Mm-hmm. But like most of the parts in that thing come from China. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And this is what people fail to see. It's all like the, that kind of patriotic, you know, Boeing is American. But, but you know, you only, you only have to look just beneath the surface to, yeah. to learn about how the supply chain operates and why we are very much a global economy. Uh, completely, 100%. And that's who I ended up doing an article about parts manufacturers in the United States. And it would be something as crazy as if they couldn't get a very specific type of stainless steel, yeah. they couldn't make their product. Right. And that stainless steel might only come from China, or it yeah. might only come from Mexico. So it was just very nutty. Like you, you would be surprised how one little spring in a large ticket item if you can't get that spring, you can't finish that item how that was screwing up everything for months. We're still dealing with it a little bit. So, this yeah. is why every home needs a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, I know, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about climate change because it's been the hottest kind of week, really, for like mm-hmm. 120,000 years. Yeah. And <laughs> no biggie. No biggie. No, no biggie. And the thing about climate change is that, you know, that it's, it's the temperature of the planet. It's the global temperature of the planet. It's not really about weather, although mm-hmm. the weather effects that we are seeing, whether it be extreme heat or extreme cold or these, um, you know, terrible weather systems, they're all the effect of knock-on effect of climate change. But MAGA Republicans and certainly Fox News hosts cannot grasp this. And, and famously, Donald Trump thinks that climate change is clean air and clean water, and he's talked about that multiple times. Um, the way that they span the extreme heat over the last week on Fox News was really irresponsible, in mm-hmm. my view. I'll show the clip, and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about why Republicans deny the existence of climate change. If there's one thing the mindless left loves to magically discover every year, it's that summer is hot. And this summer's looking no different. So hot in places like Texas and Nevada in the summer that it's sounding alarms in almost every newsroom. The Washington Post says July 4th was the hottest day in the history of the world. They talked to one scientist who said this data tells us that it hasn't been this warm since at least 125,000 years ago. 125,000 years. I was not aware 
that we had thermometers back then. There's nothing else to worry about. It didn't T-Swift put out a new album or something. Now, what Barry should have told his daughter is just to calm down. You and your friends are going to be fine because the only thing burning right now is cancer. Yeah, it's, that's really awful. Uh, they just they chalk it up to summer. And, and it's it's like the same thing happens when we have like a blizzard, a random blizzard, they'll say, which also can be caused by climate change. The intensity of blizzards is increased because of climate change. But they'll chalk it up like, well, look, it's snowing. We don't, we don't have any climate change. We have global warming. And it's like, well, it's not that. And the other thing that they do quite a bit, I didn't have an example recent, but uh, I'd have to go a little bit further back. But they trot out what I call a fake expert. I call them bogus experts on my newsletter. And that's somebody who, for instance, one Mark Morano, who's not in that clip, but he appears quite frequently, um, is a person who got his start working for Rush Limbaugh and has a degree in poli-sci. And then he worked in communications for years. And then he just decided one day, oh, I'm going to be a climate expert. Yeah. No training, writes garbage books. Scientists criticize him. And the way he deals with that is he aggressively harasses climate scientists and they have him on as if he knows what he's talking about and he doesn't. And it's, that's just, it's so irresponsible. They don't care. They right. just don't well, care. Well, they did the same during COVID. They would yeah, find the a, a quack doctor mm -hmm. and put him in a white coat. And therefore that person suddenly is the authority. Yeah. And the problem is that if you go looking for people who have an extremist opinion, you will find them. You know, oh, yeah. this is yeah. the thing. There's, yeah. a, there's enough people on this planet to find people with crazy views. Yeah. And Fox always kind of showcases these people. My favorite line from that clip was when he goes, I didn't realize we had thermometers 125,000 yeah. years yeah. ago. They're basically one of the ways they can find the temperatures from past years is ice core data. Yeah. And that's something that they go up to like the Antarctic. Literally, they go to the poles and they drill and they can pull it up and they can tell from layers of ice. And I'm not a scientist, but this is basically what they do. And they can tell the, and they can also, there's other ways of checking. They look at tree rings and but all kinds cr of crazy Critical stuff. thinking suggests yeah. that if you're not a climate scientist, like that guy, yeah. you would just go, well, this is what the temperature was 125,000 years ago, because they've said so. Not, yeah. I didn't yeah. think they had thermometers back then. Yeah. It, it's a total lack of critical thinking and it just yeah. makes him look dumb. It reminds me of that time that the Fox host said that he never washes his hands after he goes to the bathroom. Do you remember? Because he said he's never seen germs. Uh, yeah, he, right? Never seen germs germ anywhere. So why, why should yeah. he wash his hands? Because if he hasn't seen them, then surely they, they don't exist. Because microorganisms don't exist because you can't see them, which is hilarious because you can see like when germ theory was discovered, uh, how much better people started surviving everything anything with a medical situation, like any type of surgery, anything like that, just washing your hands started, you start seeing the survival rate go right up, yeah. but they would say, oh, but the, no, I can't see germs. So therefore, I mean, it's like they're children. It's almost like you're talking to like a four-year-old. But it's contributing to the degradation yes. of, of intelligence in America. It, it's it making is. people more stupid. And, it is. And because there's no pushback. Yep. And if it's supposedly a news channel, I mean, it's not, it's an opinion and entertainment <laughs> channel, but it brands itself as a news channel. You, you are just gradually lowering the kind of intellect of, of the viewers over a period of time, over 125,000 years. Yeah. Well, and the other thing he did there that's a great example of 
their strategy is he laughed. He yeah. laughed yeah, at the claim. It's just that. a way of why MAGA people, when they come at me on every platform, because they do, um, they often just try to make a joke or insult me. And then they're like, I won. I won the debate. And yeah. I'm like, no, you just insulted me. You didn't win anything. And there was no debate. There is no debate. You yeah. just lobbed an insult at a stranger and walked away and thought you were a rock star. Yeah. But that's where they get it from. It's that yeah. same mentality of just, I'm going to laugh at this and therefore take the power away from it and then say something incredibly stupid. Laura Ingram also contributed to the climate oh, change yes. thing, didn't she? Let me play her clip and then we'll talk about her, you know, the, the, the stain on society that is Miss Ingram. Here Oof. it is. Sean Austin show. show. I'll take it over. I'm Laura Ingram. This is the Ingram Angle from Washington tonight. Mother Nature's laughing. That's the focus of tonight's angle. Last month was the hottest June on record. That heat then carried through into July as a new record high global average temperature was set on Monday and then broken the very next day. Triple digit heat index through the end of the week. It's hot, 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 all right. After all, we're in the middle of a season called summer. Yeah, it doesn't, she doesn't care. They just don't doesn't. care. And meanwhile, in uh, upstate new york which is not that far from where i'm at in brooklyn here yeah there was massive flooding yeah. uh due to torrential rains That's right vermont is underwater yeah vermont is currently flooded and um in the hudson valley the streets like crumbled there was so much rain they just collapsed and there was massive property damage and the fact that she's laughing about that it just happened you, you know hours from that broadcast and it just she doesn't care they just don't care do you think they really know that climate change is a true global threat and they've just branded it as a democrat thing and therefore that's why they want to you know just ignore it or criticize it or or are they literally so dumb that they just think that the whole thing is a conspiracy i think it's a little of both i think there's some people that have to realize that we've got a problem because how yeah. could you not it's overwhelming but i also think like pakistan was underwater like it's a huge section of pakistan that remained flooded for months and uh, china's had record-breaking heat waves india had record-breaking heat waves like heat they've never seen before At europe last summer was a nightmare it heat all over the place like extreme heat um so this idea that i think some of them have to know it but there's this just tribalistic kind of if the democrats are for it we have to be against it and they you know of course who benefits from confusion about climate change is big oil and gas and they've got a lot of money they've got a lot of power so you know i don't know if it's rupert murdoch telling them on high like you have to keep pushing this or what but they and they also like i said if they if they stay in the ecosystem the right-wing media ecosystem and they read books by mark morano or michael schellenberger i'm going to call him out as well because he does not have any training in climate science yet he writes books about climate science there's one that i can't remember his name off the top of my head but laura ingram had an expert on climate change who doesn't even have a degree looked him he dropped out of college and i'm like you've got to be kidding me doesn't even have a degree yeah. And they just, if you read these books, you know, and, and you stay in that little ecosystem, you would think that the rest of us are insane and it's all a big conspiracy. So it, it's hard to know what's going on there, but it's, it's really bad. 
Well, having worked in television, I can tell you that guest bookers are very lazy. <laughs> and the only requirement they're often looking for is if that person has written a book. So if you've got a book, and this is great advice for anybody who wants to get a to job a in television, <laughs> just write a book. It can be as crap as you like, right? But the fact that it's there and it's for sale on Amazon gives you legitimacy, and then they, and then they book people. And, and, you know, that is unfortunately the tragedy of all media. There's <laughs> a very famous, this is a bit of a tangent. I don't know if you know this story, and you must look it up afterwards, but there was a very famous story from the BBC in England where they were bringing a guest on to discuss the lawsuit like 20 years ago between Apple and Apple. It was the Apple Music Publishing. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. Apple. and, they, and they had a guy called Guy Goma on who uh, was just a taxi driver waiting in reception to pick somebody up. <laughs> and he, he actually, no, he'd come for an interview about not being oh, a taxi for driver. for a job, anymore, right? He'd come for a job interview because yeah. he wanted to work in IT. That was his, his a taxi was his side hustle. So he was getting a job in IT. And so the person who was the real guest for the BBC News had a similar name. And the person just came into reception and said, Guy Goma. And he said, yes. And he went in and they put him on camera, the sweetest, sweetest guy. And they were asking all these questions about the Apple lawsuit. And he just bluffed his way through it. And they kept it on. I mean, it was live. You must look it up. It's, it's, it's one of the greatest moments in, in, in kind of British news history. But it is a perfect example of how rolling news is just like churn. Just keep it going. Doesn't have to be true. Doesn't have to be fact-checked. Just like keep talking. And it's dangerous, you know. And, and there are academics who've claimed that, that rolling news has contributed to the downfall of society. Well, they had they had Douglas Murray on to talk about climate change. He's yeah, British. He's another he, British kind of far right. And he his whole and I was like, why on earth is he on? Because he doesn't even pretend to be a climate yeah. expert. And he just basically said everybody's overreacting. And his claim to fame, the way I described him on my podcast, is they said Douglas Murray is basically like Europe is for Europeans. And that's his whole shtick. Yeah. And he has this ridiculous cut glass accent. I'm not yeah. going to attempt to do it in front of you, yeah. but he has this ridiculously posh you know, way right. of speaking. <laughs> and it's like, do you just, did you just put him on air because he's British and he sounds like, ooh, you know, an ex- that, This happens in the US as well. In fact, we've got a, we've got a, a clip that um, I was going to play later, but maybe we'll play it now about Victor Davis Henson. Oh, now, he's, yes. he's another one of these kind of American academics who talks in a very authoritative way. And, you know, he's, he's older and he's mature. The reality is he's like straight out of the Federalist Society, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a far-right racist <laughs> extremist, but he presents it in a very kind of respectful way. And therefore, people think that it's real. Mm-hmm. This is a clip that's about... Um, the, he's from the Hoover Institute, and he says black Americans don't need reparations because they aren't achieving parity with white Americans because of problems in the black community. And then reels off this list of kind of racist dog whistles. Let's take a look, and then we'll, and then we'll discuss. Well, it won't do anything because we know what the problem is in the, for half of the African-American population that hasn't achieved parity. It's broken families, it's absent fathers, and, that, and it's poor schools in the inner city. And 
the medicine is considered by these people with the reparation is worse than the malady because they know the problem, but yet they're incapable of identifying it because they feel that it would be self-incriminatory or they don't, they're, they're not subject to the consequences of their own ideology. So it's blame, 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 but it's not going to solve anything because we know what the problem is, we know what the solution is, but we're utterly incapable of adapting it. And California, you know, as you... But there's there's another subtext to that not clip. Good. That's, no, not good at all. Not and good. there's a subtext to that clip in that Victor Davis Hanson, he, he's on Fox pretty much every day. Yeah. Somebody will put him on. And he has a PhD in the classics. So, you know, every man, very much popular. I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Yep. And they had him come on. The se That segment was supposed to be about a reparations program in Evanston, Illinois, which is a city outside of Chicago. And it's this tiny, tiny program that's uh, 16 people have benefited from so far, a uh, relatively small amount, and it's funded through the sale of marijuana. So it is actually funded. It's not an additional tax. It has nothing to do with the state of Illinois. It is in Evanston only. And he, they brought him on and he's talking about California. He wasn't, he didn't even know what he was talking about. And yeah, the comments he made there are hideous. He's yeah. basically saying that racism doesn't exist, that the problem in the black community is due to black people basically is what he's saying there. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's horrible, it's hideous. And because he's this proper gentleman with his PhD and his own Victor Davis Hanson, he mm -hmm. speaks like this. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't come across as, I think as awful as if Tucker Carlson had said it or right. former Fox, of course, or Jesse Waters. But no, what he said was just straight up racist. And it makes it more racist. dangerous because yes. he's camouflaged. Yes. And that, and that disguise is, I mean, I've actually seen him on British networks as well. You know, like uh, conservative newspapers like The Telegraph. I've seen him like appearing on their podcast stuff. And, you know, it's like, why do you give this guy the time of day? He, yeah. is an, he, is a, he rewrites history. Mm -hmm. He's always referencing the, the founding fathers and kind yeah. of, you know, trying to, you know, talk about how the, there was kind of religious, you know, religion played a big part in, in many of their decisions and their papers. And, and, and it's just like you're not fooling anybody. You know, you're living in another bygone era. And, yeah. and for some reason, this guy is contributing to, again, the division. It's, it's like life would be better without these people sounding off. Yeah, and it, he just completely negated, like, when you think about, like, redlining, the fact yeah. that black people couldn't get loans, the fact that um, there's employment discrimination, which can be proven. You, It's not like I'm guessing or I'm, I just have an opinion about employment discrimination, the mass incarceration rate, the fact that they're hassled more by the cops. Yeah. They're more likely to be arrested even when they haven't done anything wrong. I mean, they get harsher sentences when they are you know, convicted of a crime, I just, you can go on and on. You can find quantitative proof yeah. that Victor Davis Hanson is talking out of, you know. But he never <laughs> debates people who are uh, kind of well-versed in, in the counter-argument. He only mm. puts himself up. He, you know, he's, he's, he talks all the time. I mean, the guy's never off the screen. Yeah. But it's always in safe environments. Yeah. And I would really like to see him up against someone who knew what they were talking about and oh, who yeah. had these historical reference points that could just nail him for this outright racism. Um, okay, let's talking of racism, let's talk about Jesse Waters, who is the <laughs> rising star of 
Fox. Oh, my um, God. So Tucker Carlson gets fired. That's a bit of a distraction to make it look like they've dealt with the problems after the Dominion voting systems case and all sorts of stuff, right? They try and distract by going, okay, the, the, the problem is gone, except it hasn't. And Jesse Waters has worked for the network for 20 years, started as a, as a runner or something, right? He was an associate producer. He's, like, been on the show forever. But I don't think he's ever worked anywhere else. Like, his he whole not. DNA is Fox, yeah, right? He has he not. Now is, he now is Tucker Carlson, but just, you know, younger and better looking. Yeah. And he's been given the top job. Yeah, he, he, got, the, he got the APM slot. And I have, this is a really old one, but I have an old clip of him where he basically, they were talking about slavery because, you know, that's a fun thing to talk about. I mean, that's mm. just like, why? You even, yeah. And he starts saying, well, sure, they worked for free, but people had to design things and people had to, uh, uh, you know, manage the farms. They were on the plantations. They were, and I cannot make this up. He went on a extended monologue kind of justifying why it wasn't so bad that black people were enslaved for like 400 years in the United States, multiple generations. He just acted like it was no big deal. Like who cares? Not a big deal. And I'm just screaming and I'm like any other network, this guy would have gotten fired just for that. But Fox, they don't care. There was not even a mention of it. Like, like whatever he could just say that. And that's that he, he's now going to have the prime prime time slot, which is terrifying, but yes, this is true. Which means that nothing has changed. The nothing. whole, the whole Tucker Carlson kind of, you know, moment in, in the news cycle has come and gone and Fox will continue with the propaganda and the lies, the xenophobia and the racism. And Jesse Waters, because he has grown up in that environment, is, is completely institutionalized. You know, he probably doesn't even know that there is uh, you know, a reality, uh, this parallel <laughs> universe that we call reality. Yeah, he talks about his mom sometimes because his mom is a liberal and she chews him out and she will text him sometimes live when he's on air <laughs> and he'll talk about it. And and he yeah, it's very like a psychiatrist would have a, a field day with this, but he reads his mom's text on air and stuff and she scolds him because she'll be like, Jesse, how dare you say that? And she apparently reads The New York Times religiously. So he has that bizarre layer to him where he uh has like family members who openly disagree with him. But other than that, he's all in, you know, he cheated on his first wife with his producer who he joked about uh, letting air out of her tires. Uh, that was back last year. I was the only one that clipped that and that blew up. It got like a million views on Twitter, but he joked like, Oh, I wanted this woman to go out with me. So I let the air out of her tires. So she was, she would beg me for a ride home. And he thought that was funny. Yeah. And uh, everybody was just, appalled by it and that was his that's wife number two that's an actual person because he, he named her emma and he was married with two little girls when he had an affair with emma who was his you know subordinate he didn't get in trouble for that they just moved her to another show and then he says sexist things on air all the time and i'm like how you're gonna get another lawsuit fox news i hate to break it to you but it's just well it's let, let's talk about when. this misogyny because yeah. This is something that keeps coming up with Jesse Waters. He keeps like dropping little <laughs> hints that the, he is an outright misogynist. Mm -hmm. And this clip is a, is a perfect example. Let's take a look. Humans are driven by sex. Men want to mate. Women want to mate. Men want power. Men want money, status, 
and to control the resources, and the women want the men who control the most resources and well, have the highest status. Have well, well, robots well, don't well, want to well. reproduce sexually. Therefore, this whole concept of efficiency, effectiveness, proficiency, what does that even mean? It means nothing to me. All right, because well, I'm a what? human. You know what? You're and I have other desires. Only, only men are the ones who want to progress and traditionally and compete. Traditionally, women, the women are in the game now too. Oh, oh, thank Historically you. Historically speaking, that. Judge. Thank you. Which one of those robots okay. does Jesse look like? <laughs> Yeah, that's just, even when Judge Janine is yelling at you, that's pretty bad. And she, she wouldn't shut up. She was like, what? What? Because he does it all the time. He talks, he, he will find weird, I have so many clips of him, like infusing sex into things when it shouldn't be there. And then so many clips of him basically acting like women just exist as like objects for men and that we don't have brains and that we just, you know, want a husband or something stupid like that. And I'm, He's talked about divorce. I mean, there's just so much. And I, I just want to go, buddy, like you, he has a clip. This was a long time ago, but this was several months ago where he said that we needed to take single women and, and get them married off so they'd vote Republican. That was an actual, <laughs> not kidding. And I, I was laughing at that because I was like, really, that, that would turn me into, that would, would you think that would i'm divorced buddy like you can't that those powers don't work on me at all and so, he still got promoted i mean yeah, this he's is the thing. I mean, it's like he does it on camera he yeah. said at one point he said he was fighting with jessica tarloff the liberal and she's brilliant she's like the only decent liberal they have they have richard fowler but he's not on the show very often but jessica tarloff's like a regular on the five and she's sharp as a whip and she'll have her notes there and she bam 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 get her points out and there's at one point he start yelling at her and he said, I'm going to take the, and he was talking about some act, like a law. I'm going to take it. I'm going to hit you with it. And he says it on camera. And they're like, let's give him the eight o'clock slot. I'm like, you've learned nothing. I don't, I hope the next woman gets like 30 million from you. I do, you, you don't care. Yeah, more, more, more lawsuits are coming. But this, this misogyny that you and I recognize as misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard this a lot from MAGA Republicans who I presume are part of this Christian fundamentalist, Christian nationalist movement. I've heard it from Marjorie Taylor Greene multiple times and Lauren Boebert where they talk about our men and we're here to serve our men. And, and it's, you know, I, obviously, you know, I understand that this is, you know, where this comes from, but I'm so fascinated as to how it's now having a resurgence in a in a in a modern world it has been like the proud boys definitely have also fueled that they got started by a man who i would describe as like an mra men's rights advocate and that kind of goes back further of this idea that the real victims in western society are white men they are the most beleaguered they are the most put upon uh which is kind of crazy but uh, you know, because they get criticized sometimes. That's basically it. And then they use things like they'll say, uh, like one argument they use is like mortality, like women live longer, but that's been the case for probably forever. And that has to do with biology. And that one of the reasons is women produce estrogen. Estrogen protects you from heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killer of humans. That's one of many factors, but you can just like a lot of it just has to do with inherent biology. It doesn't have to do with cultural differences but they want to pin everything down to culture. Suicide rates always been higher among men, always, as far as, as long as they've tracked it. They're yeah. not sure why. Yeah. They act like that's new. 
Um, my favorite was once uh, Gavin McInnes, the founder of the Proud Boys, said he tried to link feminism with male suicide. So I looked all that data up and nope, there's no link. Because in the countries that had the highest levels of what you consider feminism, Scandinavia, parts of Europe, lower rates of male suicide, actually. It was highest in Eastern Europe and in Southeast Asia. So this idea, but it's like this thing that they clinged onto. It's also part of Gamergate was the start of this. And that's a few years back. And that was a some women in the video game community were like, hey, this is there's this is sexist, that is sexist. And the pushback against them was just intense. And then Steve Bannon noticed it when he started when he started working at Breitbart. And he he openly has said this. He saw Gamergate and said, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that model of misogyny, of hatred towards women, because it helps get young men like together and gets them radicalized and it gets them on board with stuff. And if you read Breitbart at that time, especially uh, one of the articles they're famous for is, you know, birth control makes women ugly and like all this nonsense. So yeah, misogyny, unfortunately, is one of the tools that they use to make men feel like, yeah, I'm in this team with like-minded people and these evil women are working against me. And there's a whole like and this connects to the abortion debate doesn't it because abortion you know invariably it's men who are trying to write the you know rewrite the history books it was men that majority who changed you know the dobbs and roe decision and it's just about control it's not about women and their access to health care it's about men controlling women well if you go back through the history of the laws against abortion it used to be you know, like over a hundred years ago, abortion just was something that happened and people just didn't talk about it. And it was just like, well, if it was early in the pregnancy, just, you know, like women would do it for various reasons, usually economic, uh, maybe health, whatever. And it wasn't considered political. And it wasn't until women started to get the right to vote and start to get birth control and start to say, wait a second, I don't have to put up with being married to someone who's going to hit me. I don't have to be married to someone who's going to you know have substance abuse problems and not be a good provider or somebody who's abandoned me i don't have to put up with this i can survive on my own as women started to become more emancipated suddenly this thing called abortion that was widely just accepted and not politicized became hugely political and that started really in the like in the 80s is when it really got ramped up but it started pretty much as soon as roe v wade was passed but it really got ramped up in the 80s and then this idea of the christian coalition merging with the Republican Party and this idea that we can use fundamentalist Christians politically to our advantage. And abortion became this huge wedge issue when it was not a huge wedge issue before. And it's all about control because you've got laws in Texas where a woman can be dying because something's gone horribly wrong with the pregnancy. And they'll say, well, when your vitals start dropping and you actually start to die, we can maybe save you, maybe save you. How is that about a baby? It's not about the the pregnancy is not viable, you know, but there have been there's two women who are suing. There's a a group of women who are suing Texas, but there's two women who I didn't even know this was that common, who had twin uh, twins and one twin started to go south, like literally started to die. And the doctor said, in order to save the other twin, we have to abort one of the twins. And the women had to leave Texas to have that happen. And they both had a healthy pregnancy of the one surviving twin. 
And uh, they're saying like in Texas, they tell me that they both have to die and that I could possibly die. Yeah. So it's just, how is that about a baby? How is that about life? It's not. Not. And they're very good at branding, a bit like with pro-life, which of course, you know, is not pro-life. It's just anti-abortion, and and it's the same with the Heartbeat Act, which again, yeah. has just been signed again, and you know, this kind of six-week rule. The equipment that they are using to find a heartbeat is not it's not a kind of normal gear. This is a whole new thing. It's it's not a heartbeat that they are hearing. It is electrical activity in the area or in the cells that will one day become the heart. And yet, because they've got this very advanced equipment that can detect this, they're calling it the heartbeat, and the heartbeat yeah. act. But it's actually, you talk to anybody who, you know, any clinician who, who works in this area, and they're like, this is not a viable pregnancy. Yeah. Well, miscarriages are much more common than people realize. Yeah. As it's like one, there's been estimates of like 10 to 30% of pregnancies naturally miscarry and so some very very early most are very very early some are a little bit later and with some of these draconian laws um especially in like countries where abortion is criminalized like in el salvador you have women in prison because they had a miscarriage and their ex-husband or their ex-boyfriend said oh she she committed an abortion yeah. and they don't have any proof but because the baby didn't survive, they lost their pregnancy, let's say like five months, four months, or relatively early. It's hard to prove what happened there. And they'll just say, well, it must have been an abortion. And these people, are, these women are thrown in prison. It's absolutely disgusting what happens. Um, and don't even get me started with like that. There was an actual case of a 10 year old where Jesse Waters claimed it was a made up story. Uh, he said it was a lie then they start finding evidence of the actual 10 year old who'd been raped and was impregnated and they had yeah. to take her across state lines to have an abortion. And I think most Americans, if you told them the story of a 10 year old child being raped, they would say, yeah, that's probably, we, she shouldn't be forced to carry that child. Yeah. Um, I couldn't imagine most people would want that to happen. Uh, but you know, Fox picked that up and he spent a whole week on that. And he tried to claim that his show got the judges, you know, to, 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 or got the prosecutor to find the man. And none of that's true. And I could prove it because it was all on the docket, on the court docket. The guy had already been arrested. His court case was already coming up. Had Jesse Waters had no impact on it whatsoever, other than to smear this poor family that and this the lack happened of compassion, to. Juliet. Yeah. This is the thing that, I just don't understand. There is Cruelty zero is compassion. And it's almost yeah. as if these, you know, MAGA Republicans or Christian nationalists, I don't know, that, like there is a gene missing yeah. that makes them have compassion for humanity yeah. and to understand. And, and it's as if like they don't get cancer or they don't suffer addiction or they don't, you know, and I, I said this on, on Sunday show, I was like, Republicans need abortions too. Of course, and they get them just as often as the thing that's stunning about abortion rates is when they actually look at who gets abortions. Yeah. There's no difference between even Catholic. I was raised Catholic, so there's no difference between Catholics, uh, people who are very religious and agnostics, and people who aren't religious. Because it's healthcare. It's not. Yeah, because, it's not about religion. It was yeah. never about religion. It's yeah. always been about healthcare. Yeah. And it's it's an actual thing. Like <laughs> it's it's an actual 
human need, a human right. Um, yeah. Let's move on and talk about um, this article in The Atlantic, uh, which uh, <laughs> Kaylee McEnany and Sean Hannity and even Piers Morgan. Why is Piers Morgan suddenly on Fox? What's the story I, he's, there? He's subbing for that 8 p.m. time slot. He, he's got a show that I think is only on Fox Nation. That's their streaming uh, uh I guess product, I don't know what you'd call that, streaming channel that like nobody watches. And his whole thing is, you know, suck at CNN, I've got this job at Fox, but it's on Fox streaming. Like, I don't think anybody watches it, but they had him subbing this week for that 8 p.m. time slot. He's the last person before Jesse Waters takes over. And I'm like, (laughs) Piers Morgan. So this story was basically in the Atlantic, it was by Elliot Cohen. An editorial. Editorial, who's who's a Republican himself. Um, and they're basically kind of using this article, the whole of Fox, multiple shows are using this article as proof that the, the liberal press was turning on Joe Biden. Is that right? Correct. Okay, let's see the clip. You have an Atlantic piece that's a left-wing publication saying, step aside, Joe Biden. Biden. The Atlantic just ran a piece titled, step aside, Joe Biden. The president has no business running for office at age 18. Let's take a look at the Atlantic. Quote, uh, step aside, Joe. The president has no business running for office at the age of 80. But when you see the contrast, and I should note that Elliot Cohen, who wrote that piece in the Atlantic, is a Republican who worked under Condoleezza Rice in the Bush administration at the State Department. He was a supporter of Joe Biden's over Donald Trump's. But this isn't like a dyed-in-the-wool liberal. This is Elliot Cohen. So, yeah, that what happened there was the last clip that you saw uh, aired on Friday on uh, The Five, and that's Jessica Tarloff, the liberal. And I had just remembered that, that she said that. And so... Uh, when I saw people on Monday, which all those other three clips are from three different shows, three different people saying, oh, this Atlantic piece says, you know, Joe Biden should step down. I went, wait a second. Tarloff said that on Friday. So I clipped all three of the the short clips and then went back, got the clip from Friday and stuck it all together. That's like my favorite thing to do is con- contradict Fox with Fox. Yeah. Love it. So I, Call I out the that. hypocrisy. Yeah, I live for that. It makes me so happy. Well, <laughs> you did it very well. And, and I think... <laughs> You know, it would be it would be great if there was like a like a red button option on Fox, <laughs> right, where you could turn on the with the fact checking, so that it would be in bing, real bing, time, bing. yeah, in real time, it would be pinging the whole the whole time because there's, you know there is a very serious point to all of this, yeah, and that there are some very good people walking around this country who have been radicalized by this news channel and who spend their lives with it on, you know, they just have it on. They might not be watching it, but it's going in subliminally. It's going on in the house, in multiple rooms. And they swear by it because they feel like they're getting some insider knowledge that nobody else knows. I've tried to explain this because I compare Fox to PBS on my newsletter every week. And somebody said, well, PBS is like really high quality news. Why would you compare it to Fox? And I said, well, Fox fans think that Fox is the best. They think it is, even though Fox is often just the same five stories repeated, Mm -hmm. whereas PBS will have all these other stories that Fox wouldn't even touch or Mm -hmm. mention. People think because it, it taps into biases they already have. It, it's, it's, um, for some Americans, that rage spiral, the paranoia, the fear is actually weirdly comforting 
I don't quite understand this, but that's how propaganda works. This idea of like these other people are ruining everything and you're the good person. And these other people, these people who are black and brown and these women who have blue hair and they're liberals and Antifa and they're going to ruin everything and you're the poor victim. They feed into that. And so they think when they watch Fox that they're watching the true story, the, the best journalism, and that everything else is garbage. And that's what they believe. And it's terrifying because they do have like a cult-like following. People will keep Fox on for hours all day long mm-hmm. and they'll consume anything they hear and they believe it. And it's like, uh, they don't do the, the 30 seconds I take to look up if Mark Morano is a real, you know, uh, expert or Michael Schellenberger, what's his background? It doesn't take much to look that up, but they're not going to do that. They just take it at face value and go, yeah. And if they were to look something up, they'd be looking in their own ecosystem anyway. Yeah, yeah, they would. So it, and they it would, would, it would yeah. double down on, on, they'd actually find what they're looking for. Yeah, it's terrifying. And that's why I, I kind of patterned my project around getting the friends and family of Fox enthusiasts, because I know it's almost impossible to uh, de-radicalize someone who's that deep in. Yeah. But if you can get the loved ones around them and at least reassure them, like, this is what's going on. This yeah. is what's happening. It's It helps somewhat. It helps mitigate some of the damage and at least helps suck more people into it and sort of understand their relatives a little bit better. It's like they're being lied to. They're being manipulated. They're being um, almost coached to be this in this swirling dervish that's such a specific <laughs> reference yes. only like a circus person would get anyway my ex-husband was a circus person but if you swirling dervish uh is this dance where somebody spins right. very very quickly but if you get into this like cyclone i guess of of misinformation disinformation they don't they have no idea that it's not right they have no idea that it's not correct so yeah, it's and it's like a, it's that's why there's me and there's Media Matters and there's Aaron Rupar and there's all these people that do the same type of work. Ben Collins over at NBC, and it's just a constant dirt. You just we can't stop. Yeah. You'll ne- you'll never run out of never misinformation to to correct. Never. Let, let's talk about um, Joe Biden, who's currently in the UK, uh, and he had a quick meeting with King Charles because he didn't attend the coronation because presidents traditionally do not go to coronations. But Fox News were not having that, were they? <laughs> they, they really turned this into a whole thing. I'll show the clip. Uh, the president was just joking with the UK prime minister. They've only been meeting once a month or so because they've had so many frequent meetings in the last several months. But uh, the president really made a point of stopping here uh, to meet with the king after missing his coronation. Um, you know, I know a lot of people in the United Kingdom and Ainsley was over there for the uh, coronation of King Charles III. Uh, were steamed that our president didn't go, that it was like a snub. And that's when he called him up on the phone and said, hey, uh, the new king did to the president, why do you stop by for a state visit sometime? So that's what this is all about, right? A makeover. Among those there, Dr. Jill Biden, the first lady of the United States, and our uh, White House correspondent Kristen Welker is on duty watching this as well. The president was asked in an interview with MSNBC last night, Kristen, about why he didn't come to the coronation. You know, the Brits are very quick to point out that no president has ever attended a coronation of a king or queen, and he is keeping up with that tradition as Dr. Biden and her granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, enter Westminster Abbey this morning. 
You're absolutely right, Savannah. And the fact that the first lady, by the way, she becomes the first first lady of the United States to attend a coronation is there. She's there to send a message on behalf of the president, according to her aides, who say her attendance reinforces her strong and enduring ties with one of our closest allies. You saw her there. So I, I, I knew I was going to be doing this. And when I saw that clip, I was like, I, I, I got to give that to Anthony Davis. Um, because <laughs> I'm like, it's Those so damn Brits. Those damn Brits. But it's funny that, um, yeah, I think they are able to get away with that a little bit because Queen Elizabeth II's coronation was so far back. Yeah. Most Americans have no idea. They don't remember it. They weren't alive. So they, they don't know that no American president has ever gone to a coronation. And it would be, I mean, it's fairly obvious why we wouldn't do that, given our history. Um, and it's very weird how Fox uh, couches this, because they're, they're very much like rah-rah patriotism and rah-rah, you know, uh, founding fathers and the Constitution, and they glorify the American Revolution. And you're like, yeah, hi, no more kings is kind of a big thing. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, they worship the royal family very oddly uh like and it's great if a brit does i totally understand but for an american news news corporation to oh now i'm donald trump jr news sorry yeah. ah sorry but for an american <laughs> a conservative uh news channel propaganda channel yeah propaganda channel to fawn all over the british royal family is very strange yeah. and i i don't quite get how that works with the whole american patriotism it's it's bizarre but yeah we've never we've never sent anyone and they don't come to ours either it's all good when we have a uh an inauguration they're not there they don't send the right. king doesn't come over but i that like the fact that he funny. said that the the king charles just phoned up biden and just like <laughs> called him up and said why don't you come over and do a state visit you know we'll we'll do some lunch <laughs> we'll have some snacks <laughs> it's like it's None like it happened. doesn't work like that. These no. things are planned like months and months in advance, yeah. you know, yeah. like just and, from a security perspective. Yeah. And it was it was. It, yeah. And I'm sure there was like multiple diplomats involved about exactly how everything would be handled. Yeah. And and yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's bizarre. It's very bizarre. And they also they also oddly Fox also loves to rip on uh harry and megan for no reason uh you know constantly tearing them down and i i don't pay attention to any of it so as soon as they start talking about the royal family my brain just goes like i'm very american i'm just like i don't get this i don't yeah. understand it i know I've, but, I've given up trying to explain the monarchy to my american <laughs> friends and family i've, I've just gi i've given up because it's like it's not worth it you know you have to have lived there yeah. to kind of understand that it's, it's nuanced and it's, it's not one thing or the other it's very um, i mean and it's fine i totally get why brits would get into it it's yeah. your culture but for fox to be like on one hand to be like rah rah america and then the other hand like how dare the american president i'm like wait a second we had this war and it was kind of a big deal yeah. that holiday we just celebrated it was about that war and yeah it's just they don't make any sense in that regard but that was pretty funny and and when she said snub i was just screaming i was like come on I know. Because there's a good a story there. You know, the fact that Jill Biden went yeah. is such a wonderful thing yeah. and, and should be celebrated. And it was that completely it was completely overlooked. No, um, and, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. I want to finish because we're a bit short on time. So I want to finish on this. It's a very serious and quite a sad piece, actually, about uh, Charlie Hunt. And, and you wrote that Fox News should install 
a sociopath alarm that goes off whenever a host or guest sounds like a sociopath. Mm-hmm. It would have definitely been blasting during Charlie Hunt's comment about Biden. L- let me play it and then you can tell us, you know, what, what it is that, um, you know, he's talking about and why it's, why it's so important. That he was uh, l- less of a family man and more just willing to exploit his family mm. when it served to benefit him. If you remember in 2016, uh, when after basically after President Obama decided to support Hillary Clinton, which foreclosed uh, uh, Biden's ability to run in 2016, um, he blamed his decision to not run on his, <clears throat> the death of his son. Right. And then, of course, you know, he has exploited his bio- the biography of, of his uh, first wife, who died 50 years ago with his daughter. Uh, and, and in that accident, both of his sons were, were injured. He's, of course, uh, taken that story and, and twisted it around to talk about how the driver of the truck was somehow drunk, mm. which is completely false. Uh, the accident was caused by, uh, by when she pulled out in front of a truck driver who was just driving. But that, that sort of callous heartless willingness to exploit even your family mm-hmm. and then turn around and and, and who, who's embarrassing here yeah. so th- there's so much to unpack with that one but uh talk to any therapist to the worst things a human being can endure death of a spouse death of a child yeah. and poor biden has gone through two children and a spouse and to have the death suddenly come suddenly with an infant i can't even can't even fathom. So that would leave scars on a person that would last 50 years. I'm sorry, it would. So that was horrible of Charlie Hurt to go there. He also got a bunch of shit. Mm, sorry, a bunch of stuff wrong. My <laughs> pardon my French. That's okay. I try not to ever curse it's on, the my, own, it's on my own work. I try never, never to curse because it can alienate people. But um, so here's the timeline. Bo Biden uh, collapses. I'm read, I've read uh, Hunter Biden's wife's ex-wife's memoir. Bo Biden collapsed while jogging. They take him into a hospital, immediately find the brain tumor. He had surgery, radiation, chemo. Took two years of a miserable, painful death. He died in the end of May, 2015. In October, 2015, Joe Biden abruptly, unexpectedly says, I'm out, I can't handle it. I'm still in mourning for my son, I can't do this. In uh, June 2016, Obama officially endorses Hillary. So it had nothing to do with that timeline that Charlie Hurt just said. And I found this in 30 seconds. You just Google when did, and I found multiple sources, triple checked it, put it in my uh, newsletter. And it was just one of these things where it's like, you're just rewriting history. And then you're you're the one being the sociopath because you're taking someone's pain, which is tremendous, and you're making light of it. And you're saying that person's manipulating it. And no I, compassion. I, no compassion. And I was just so sickened by that clip. And I didn't figure out the timeline of when Bo Biden died until later. So I didn't put that in the tweet. But because um, that took a little bit of time. And, and But I just said, I don't really need it. Because just this alone is hideous. The fact that you're saying that he's manipulating and exploiting yeah. his family members Wow, I don't There's even. There's a lot of projection, isn't there? No, because huge you know, projection. sometimes what they're actually saying is, "This is what I would do. Yeah. This is this is what what kind of an evil person I am." Yeah. And to project that, you know, Trump does this all the time. We, mm-hmm. You know, where they're, they're just trying to t- take their own negativity and and put it onto people who are not damaged like they are. Yeah. Who are not radicalized like they are. 
or, 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 ex- or have extremist views like they do. And, and, you know, that's why I wanted to end with this clip, because I really feel like, you know, for all of the amusement that Fox gives to both the left and the right, it's actually really dangerous oh, yeah, for it's American society. And along with right-wing talk radio, it has kind of denigrated the, the quality of, of American culture and, and caused people to be distrusting and to live in fear. Yeah. Yeah. And that, what he just said in that clip is just horribly evil. I mean, it's just evil. You're minimized that somebody's loss like that is just, I don't, I, I don't like what's going on in his head. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, don't again, understand it's just that. the churn of 24 hour news, you know, got to fill the airtime, got to say something terrifying. Um, Juliet Jeske, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. Pleasure. And Ron Filipkowski will be back next week. <laughs> Uh, he's currently vacationing in Canada, I think, which is one of the few places you can go to nearby where they don't have guns and they do have free healthcare. So <laughs> just something to kind of think about there. It's a good choice, I'd say. Um, good luck with decoding Fox News. It's an amazing project, and I'm very pleased that you are you know, still, still pushing. There's, <laughs> there's no shortage of stuff to cover. No, tr- true that. Thanks so much okay. for having me. Just remind us of your uh, of your Twitter and where people can catch you. Oh, you can catch me on Twitter, which is weirdly falling apart, but at Decoding Fox News. I'm also on Threads, the new uh, social media app uh, for Decoding Fox News, Blue Sky Decoding Fox News, and on Substack, of course. That's my newsletter and my podcast. You can get my podcast pretty much anywhere where podcasts are. It's also called Decoding Fox News. Great. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, the Anthony Davis, and on Threads, you can catch me every day on the Five Minute News podcast, and on Sunday hosting the Weekend Show. We're back next Wednesday at the same time. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.